Are you sure? Yeah, we're that, good. <laughs> that face says you're not sure. I'm just for one second it looked like it wasn't recording, but it's it's we're okay, good. Great. So we're just gonna jump into it. Hey everybody, welcome to Hometown Haints. Hello. Hello. We got two stories for you again this week, but it's just me and Josh. Uh we don't have Ruben. Um but we're gonna go ahead and get started. Our first story. Oh dear. Hold on. I can't remember who sent it. Holding. Yeah. Holding on. Amy. Amy Lee Brown Rennie. Okay. All of that will be. Our first story is uh, from Amy Lee Brown Rennie in Peoria, Illinois. And, oh, uh, yeah. I have a friend in Peoria. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those cities I love the name of. Like Me pa- too. Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah. That's just fun to say. Timbuktu. Timbuktu. Yeah. Bumblefuck. Whatever. <laughs> so uh, the, the first story is uh, the Wailing Elm of Peoria State Hospital. Another tree. They did surgery on a tree. Yes. So this, story, this is uh, the lineup.com is where the article comes from. Okay. I've uh, never heard of it. It sounds really reputable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this historic hospital for the mentally ill holds a strange history. Oh, boy. And an even stranger ghost story. In 1895, the Illinois General Assembly passed a provision to establish, establish the ominously named Illinois Asylum for the Incurable Insane. The ultimate result was an institution that would eventually become known as the Peoria State Hospital. 63 buildings and their grounds on a plot of land at the edge of a small town in Bartonville near Peoria, Illinois. Before the hospital even opened its doors in 1902, it had already faced unusual challenges. The first building on the site was completed in 1897 and described as a facsimile of a feudal castle. Hold on, wait, what was that word? Facsimile. Fax- I've never heard that. You've never heard? It's what fax comes from. What? Yeah. You're sending a facsimile. It's just shortened to facts. The word of the day is facsimile. <laughs> the word of the day is pay the fuck attention to life once in a while. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> How often in daily conversation do you use the word facsimile? Well, actually, no. Yeah, no, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this building was never inhabited and was eventually torn down and replaced by the quote-unquote cottage plan of multiple buildings in 1902. So they built it for no reason and then just destroyed it. Sounds about right. Started over. Yeah, sounds about American. The reason for the abandonment and demolition of the original structure is uncertain. Now, most sources cited a series of abandoned mine shafts beneath the property, undermining the structural integrity of the original castle-like building. However, a 1927 history of the Peoria State Hospital held in the archives of the George A. Zeller Mental Health Center Professional Library states that the reason the original building was never occupied was that it was, quote unquote, it was found to be wholly out of harmony with modern ideas for the care of the insane. Well, yeah, most of those places were. Yeah, that's a very pretty way to say that they abused mentally ill people. Yeah, pretty much. So whatever the reason for the change, the hospital opened under the new cottage plan in 1902 with 33 different buildings, including a communal utility building, a power station, a housing for patients and staff. The new hospital opened under the administration of Dr. George A. Zeller. It always makes me uncomfortable when it's a German sounding last name. (laughs) It's 1902. This is before the Germans Mm. went. Yeah, well, they... (laughs) So Dr. Zeller was considered a pioneer in mental health and the day-to-day running of a hospital. He was also the source of one of the most dramatic ghost stories in the hospital's long history. Among the innovations that Dr. Zeller brought to the hospital was a way to take care of unclaimed bodies. Patients who died in the care of a hospital 
and who had no family members to claim them had formed a bit of a problem for a number of the asylums at the time. Dr. Zeller formed a burial corps made up of several staff members and a handful of patients who buried the unclaimed bodies in a small cemetery Jesus on the hospital grounds. Jesus Christ, because that's great for morale in yeah. your hospital, is having the mentally ill patients bury each other. Yeah. So one member of the burial detail was a well-liked patient who everyone at the hospital simply called Old Book. In fact, Old Book... That's a good nickname. Yeah. His, his last name was actually Bookbinder. Which is, what? Yeah, that was his actual last name. Yo! Um, in fact, Old Book was so well-liked that when he eventually passed away, around 100 nurses and more than 300 spectators are said to have attended his funeral. These mourners then bore witness to a chilling sight. According to Dr. Zeller, writing about the occurrence in his 1937 memoir, Befriending the Bereft, all those assembled mourners saw the apparition of Old Book appear next to the cemetery elm where he was being buried. What's more, after Old Book's body was interred, the tree began to die, and every attempt to chop it down or burn it failed. What is it with trees? <laughs> I don't know. This is like the third tree story. It, I think it's the fourth. Is it? We had the two devil trees. The two devil trees. This yeah. This one. What's the other one? And then, oh, no, wait, because the never, I'm mixing up one of the devil trees. I've turned one of the devil tree stories into two devil tree stories. Ah, okay. The tree itself was said to wail and cry whenever it was cut or a fire was lit nearby. Yeah, it didn't happen. It is only one of the many eerie events that have been reported at the Peoria State Hospital over the years, though it is difficult to imagine one more striking or which was observed by so many witnesses. In 1907, the hospital dropped the word incurable and became the Illinois General Hospital for the Insane. Then... Yeah, but they still haven't dropped the uh, insane part. <laughs> then in 1909, it traded all that in and became the Peoria State Hospital. At its peak, the hospital housed around 2,800 patients. When its closure was announced only 20 years later, the number had dropped to 600. Peoria State Hospital's doors were officially shuttered in 1973. Since its closure, most of the hospital's 63 buildings have been demolished or converted into industrial or commercial businesses. The Bowen Building, which once housed the hospital's administrative offices, is undergoing demolition in spite of fundraising efforts by the Save the Bell Bowen Foundation. By the Save the Bell Foundation? Yes. Just a whole foundation of people who are like really big fans of Screech? <laughs> the cemetery still stands on the hospital grounds. Sometime after the burial of Old Book, the cemetery elm was struck by lightning and finally removed. Yet rumors of sightings of Old Book and the sounds of his sadness persist till this day. As for the actual gravesite of Old Book, for decades it remained without a headstone. Around 2010, however, one former hospital employee erected a memorial in honor of the former patient. That's nice. Yeah, I think so. That was it, just a simple look. It was actually yeah. kind of a heartwarming... You know, sure, yeah. it was a terrible place. Well, yeah, terrible place, but still, you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah. At least there was one like happy little, uh, little bit of it. I'll, I don't, I still don't understand what it is about trees, and I think it's just because they're harder to burn than people think. That they're like, oh my god, this tree won't burn down, and stuff happened near it. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. I, I don't know. I mean, probably because trees are like, I mean, hell, if you, if you think all the way back, one of the first major magical items ever in the Bible was the tree of oh yeah, knowledge of good and evil. So there's always been trees involved with magic. That's true. Yeah, you know, the whole yeah. nature Wicca. 
Well, and I mean, um, what is it? Uh, Yggdrasil, too. You bought that? Bought what? What I just said. I'll believe anything anyone tells bullshit? me about the Bible. I'm yeah. just pulling it out of my ass. I don't know. I t- nothing would surprise <laughs> me if you told me it was in the Bible. Well, I mean, it was in the Bible. I mean, the whole Garden of Eden thing, that actually was in the Bible. Well, yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it goes back into, like, like Nordic lore, like with Yg- Yggdrasil, the Tree of Life. Yeah. And that's even older. Yeah. And then there's the... You go into uh, sacred geometry. There's the tree of life. Ah, yeah. Which and then and then of course there's the giving tree. Yeah, yeah. That's a very important just, yeah, one. Communist propaganda. <laughs> we ain't here for no government propaganda. Are we doing last week's episodes again? <laughs> no, no. I don't really have anything this week that that lends itself. No to, rednecks. No rednecks. Damn. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get enough of them living here. <laughs> so the next story is um, a little backstory on this to people who are just joining us, and this may be one of their first episodes. Many, many moons ago, when the show was still in its infancy, we did an episode or two about a lovely man by the name of Carl Tanzler. <laughs> if you haven't listened to the Tanzler episodes, then go back, please. Exactly. There are there are claim to I love our Tanzler episodes so much. I do too. I put a lot of fucking work into it. Good lord! In that, anyways, in that episode, nobody else has covered that story as well as we have either. I've looked. Yeah, everyone's either straight facts all the way through, and it's boring as all hell with the true crime voice the entire time, <laughs> or it's like a quick fifteen minute rundown of the story. Yeah. No, god damn it, we covered the whole story. And we're funny. Exactly. Nobody else did that. Go listen to those and if cringy. you haven't. So um, anyways, in that episode, Kat, one of our wonderful co-hosts who we miss greatly. Um, we should have her back. We should have her back. She um, was talking about um, a bishop in St. Augustine, and she couldn't remember the name of it. Well, after that episode, we got a message on our Facebook thing from a guy who just simply goes by Charlie. Free fact checkers. Yeah, free fact checkers. We love it. Fact um, checker Charlie. And uh, so, anyways, this guy lives in St. Augustine, which is where the bishop supposedly was. Um, well, there's no supposedly. It's where he was. And he was letting us know um, the bishop's name because Cat couldn't remember. So what we're going to do, in honor of Charlie and in honor of our dear departed Cat, um, <laughs> we're going to talk about the exploding bishop of St. Augustine. So hold on to your butts. But first, a little history about the cemetery where he was buried called the Tolomato Cemetery. We're going to pause while Ruben gets himself together. Don't. Don't worry about that. Okay. I'm good. We're ready. So we're going to start first. This is from GhostCityTours.com. What are we doing? Uh, we're doing Hometown Haints right now. I meant the story. The Exploding Bishop of St. Augustine. Oh, hell yeah. He really blew up in popularity. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, what I was assuming. <laughs> so first, we've got to get a little bit about the cemetery in St. Augustine called the Tolomato Cemetery. Walking, I bet you it's not half as entertaining as the Highgate Cemetery. Oh, no. Guaranteed. But walking past the Tolomato Cemetery. We still got to do that follow-up. We do. Yes, we We're do. Planning well, it's, it, it has a place. It has yes, a place and in we time. have it yeah, set up. Less than an acre in mass, the oldest extant Catholic cemetery in the Sunshine State where, with burials dating back to the first Spanish period of 1565 to 1763, 
Tolomato Cemetery surely has a story or two. Uh, the former site of Tolomato Village, also known as Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe de Tolomato, nice. or Our Lady of Guadalupe of Tolomato, an 18th century Franciscan Indian mission consisting of Gual's Indians from Georgia who were converted to Christianity and the Franciscan monks who ministered to them, Tolomato Cemetery was originally the site of a possible namesake river where the Gual lived. An Indian burial ground was believed to exist before the Catholic Church took it over. When Great Britain acquired Florida, the village was abandoned. In 1777, the Menorcans came to South or St. Augustine from New Smyrna after Dr. Andrew Turnbill, a Scottish doctor and British colonist, invited them to colonize from the Mediterranean. Dr. Turnbull uh, treated them horrifically for years, and the Menorcans finally rebelled. What? Yeah, a white guy. Treated no him. way. Uh, fleeing to the safety of the oldest city, the Menorcan colonists and their pastor, Father Pedro Camps, obtained permission from the governor, Patrick, from then governor, Patrick Toyn, or Toyn, Tanyan, good God, to adopt the old village as their final resting place. Tolomato Cemetery was continually used as a Catholic-only cemetery by the Menorcan descendants uh, and other Catholics um, through both the Spanish and British regimes and into American control in 1821. The last burial actually taking place in 1892, uh, the cemetery officially closed in 1884 along with Huguenot Cemetery when all cemeteries within city limits were ordered sealed due to the spread of yellow fever. Huguenot's another great town yeah. name mm-hmm. yeah. honestly honestly huguenots sounds like some sort of explorer yeah yeah award yeah you know you get you get the huguenot award when you discover yeah. for a excellency new continent. or like for excellency in service <laughs> on the space station or some shit like, yeah with the last burial actually taking place in 1892 the cemetery officially closed in 1884 along with huguenot cemetery when all cemeteries within city limits were ordered sealed due to the spread of yellow fever Mm-hmm. Two unauthorized burials, one in 1886 and the last in 1892, caused the families of the deceased to incur a fee of $25 for violating the law. Was what year? 1884. Damn. It was um, how much? Eight, uh, $25. That was a fuck ton of money. While there are a few... What, are, what year again? 18? 1884. 84. Hold on. While there are a few more... How, I did say hold on. I'm I remember sorry. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> How much was twenty five dollars worth in eighteen eighty four? Wow, a hundred dollars in eighty four eighteen eighty four is equivalent to um about almost three thousand dollars. So divide yeah. three thousand by four. You're talking about like seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. So uh, with a few, while there are few, while there are few more than one hundred grave markers in Tolomato. There is known to be well over 1,000 burials within the cemetery gates. Jesus. Parish death records, which are held at the Diocesan Archives in St. Augustine, confirm their existence. Over Talamato's centuries of endurance, the epitaphs of, and unique features of the headstones and markers have long since deteriorated, but those that are still recognizable have been well preserved. And now we're going to get to the, that's where the bishop was buried. Now we're going to get to the story of. The part where he explodes? Yes. Yay. As an attendee of a holy. Oh, I got it. I know where this is going now. Yeah. As an attendee of a holy and prominent uh, funeral yeah. in the late 19th century, you have certain expectations. Because th- we've been talking about graves. Yeah. yeah. 
in St. Augustine. Yeah. yeah. And I grew up in Florida, <laughs> in and around St. Augustine often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do recall um, some roadkill incidents, we'll say. Yeah. It gets damp and hot in Florida. Mm-hmm. That's what you should be aware of. You expect that the body has lied in state for a time so that all mourners have the opportunity to pay their respects. We call it a wake. You yep. expect the deceased to have been taken Everyone care of does, w- but whatever. with the utmost concern <laughs> and consideration. And most of all, you expect that the funeral will go as it invariably does, smoothly, without dramatics, timely, and sanitary. In or Florida? Sanitarily. Sanitary? Yes. The no, funeral for, in Florida. The funeral for Bishop Vero, who was the first Roman Catholic bishop in the Diocese of St. Augustine, however. Listen, I've been to a lot of funerals, and almost none of them have been smooth. <laughs> yeah. Um, was unfortunately not as well thought out and planned as expected. The Florida heat in the middle of June was scorching, mm-hmm. and to keep the bishop's body lying in state long enough for the mourners to visit... A pit was made in the ground, lined with sawdust and ice, and the bishop's body inserted. We just finished the middle of June, yeah. actually, and it was like 100 degrees here every single fucking day. Mm-hmm. He was in ice. We're so, not even to August yet, yeah. y'all. I know. We're still preheating. Like, we're pre- <laughs> we're not done getting hot. Nope. I walked outside today, and actually, literally, it took my breath away for a minute. I yep. literally walked out of my house with my normal fit on as it were Mm -hmm. and i walked back inside and for the first time in almost two years i put shorts on willingly yeah like dude when i moved back to florida from colorado we like to drive straight that whole thing make as bare minimum stops as we can so i think we did pretty much all of kansas back in like a stretch yeah for those of you in europe that's about a country's worth of driving. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is literally like half of the U.S. You know how large the U.S. actually is. It's fucking massive. And there is a huge heat and humidity change that occurs between Kansas and North Florida. It's truly wild. So, and you know, we had the windows up and the AC on it, as soon the as you whole hit, time. Dude, you can hit... It's like you ain't even got to go that way because you can go straight north. Yeah. And as soon as you hit Georgia, like about yeah. a third of the way through Georgia, just before Atlanta, you're like, this is different. Yeah. I don't understand why. <laughs> and so when I finally got out of the car in our yard in Florida and I stepped out into, you know, 85, 90% humidity for the first time in like four five years yeah and i remembered how fucking heavy and gross the Mm -hmm. air is here dog heavy is a good word for it people like you know people describe it as like walking through soup that's only on really really heavy humidity like a day like today it's raining and gross Mm -hmm. like that one is going to be hard to breathe when you go outside yeah but normally like just regular humidity this is december heat like, yeah. like <laughs> it's fucking, the air is literally, it, it's, you can feel it get heavy. Yes. It's, it clings to you. It's fucking wild. And it was even a cloudy day. Yeah. When, when we got back. And that doesn't I help here. Out. That's just a blanket and we're under right. the blanket. And the grass was all like wet, not even from the dew. 
It was just wet. It, it fucking the the plants here sweat, my dude. Yes, I, for real. Like, <laughs> like, you could walk out. It's three three p.m. No rain for four days, and the plants are all wet. Yeah, like slippery. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so an expensive iron face plated casket was the only option for this well known, beloved, and studious man. Only the best would be afforded to him for all of his work in Florida and beyond. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But imagine for a moment what happens to a dead body subjected to intense heat over a period of three days. Uh, I believe in the commercials for like um, cramp medication and such, <laughs> they call it bloating. Yes. Yep. Uh, sort of like bread dough left in the sun for the yeast to rise. Mm-hmm. Now imagine for a moment putting that mound of bread dough inside an iron oven that's been sealed shut with no expanse for oh. air and excessive temperatures. It's like, what if you put a dead body in a car in August? Yeah. Like, oh, I've kind of got a story about that. Oh, too. shit. That's not great. <laughs> so one of like my best friend in high school, um, his mom worked at a rest stop. And they had a lady come in and park and get out of her car and come up and she was asking them questions um, like what time they close and she was asking a bunch of questions that led them to the conclusion that she was going to be sleeping in their parking lot Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, they said as soon as she pulled up the stench filled the entire inside of the rest stop God. At, to where, like, one of the girls, at, like, ran into the back and puked. God damn. Come to find out, this lady's mother had died. And she said her whole life that she always wanted to see Florida. <gasps> what? So this woman drove her mother from New York. No. No. In the summer. Uh. No. Again, for those of you who live in Europe, that's like all of the UK. Like, it's (laughs) so big. It's so much driving. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. There had been reports from all up and down the East Coast. They make... Okay. They... when You can... All right. (laughs) Just... You can they make a fucking thing where you can get a person cremated and have most of them in an urn and then the rest of them comes in like a little sh- fucking salt shaker thing and you could just salt shake them around the world if yeah. you wanted to. Like what are you doing? Yeah, no, she wanted the road trip with <laughs> She's her. She's weekend at burnizing her mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there were reports they later found out from uh like Walmart parking lots and stuff that she had slept in all up and down the coast. How can you sleep? What? Take it from me. Bro, death does not smell good no. and it happens no. fast. Yes. Like it's it's you it's wildly bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she had the AC on. Even so. That don't, I'm that's kidding. not going <laughs> to But uh don't need to tell you exactly what happened during Bishop Vero's funeral, but suffice it to say the funeral goers left quite abruptly. And the remnants of the body were quickly interred in its final resting place at Tolomato Cemetery. Anyway, he he ruptured. He ruptured. Yeah. And another article that I read said that the bishop reigned one last time. Oh, all that's the, gross. All over the... the that's terrible and bad. <laughs> also, oh, when bodies man. rupture, they don't really like 
spray a whole Explode. lot. Explode. The article I read said that some of the bishop, people left with the bishop on him. Oh, well, sure. In, in they all fairness, they put close this enough, man in an oven. Get, yeah. Right. If you're close enough, yeah, you might get a little bit on you. But, like, anyway, when you pop, like, it you doesn't. can't stop. It's like. I mean, it's really <laughs> gross, but I don't think it's that violent. Well, who knows? This was like the 1700s or 1800s. I forget exactly. Well, how yeah, it. but bodies are roughly the same as they were back then. Yeah, but the um, taking care of the body beforehand uh, isn't. Yeah, bodies don't explode at funerals anymore because we have morticians now. Yeah. yeah. but They like, do stuff to you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take out the parts that make you rupture. Prepping. They prep you. They prep the body. That's the nice way to say that they remove all your blood and pump you full of some different shit. Yeah. Get that one last blood transfusion. When I I learned what... So my aunt was um, dating or married to a mortician for a little while. I can't remember. Oh, God. But he was a real nice dude. Oh, I um, bet. I mean, to us. I don't know what the relationship was like because I was a kid. But... um, I remember learning like what what they did to a body, and it yeah. made me want to be cremated. Yeah, because they don't necessarily do that shit when you're getting cremated. They'll just basically yeah, no, there's they, chemicals. If they do that shit to you and then put you in the oven, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be the exploding bishop. Yeah, it'll Actually, be a real. There's a new kind of cremation. It's a chemical cremation instead of putting you in fire. No, I'm cool. They put you in a barrel. I don't know. That's what they did with my mom. I don't. Oh. I don't know exactly. How they cremated my dad. I still but. want to be a tree. <laughs> Listen, so, if I'm ash, I can be a tree somewhere else. It's this fine. is true. That's fair. All right, so that's going to wrap up uh, Hometown Haints. Uh, always uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Rate us on Spotify and any other apps that allow you to rate well, us. Whatever. If there's, if it's a star system, if it's a thumbs up system, yes. don't don't hit the thumbs down. Hit yes. the thumbs up. Most important to us right now, share us. Share us, please. Get us God's out there. sake. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, be sure to tune in Sunday. We have a very funny, funny episode coming up next Sunday. We actually talk about the Christ of the Cryptids, uh, the Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Christ of the cryptids, and we're joined. I by, thought you were gonna say Dracula, but then I realized yeah, what you were talking about. Yeah. Like, and we're joined uh, again. You heard him in our midweek episode last week. Um, uh, Sharknado Three's Will Wiley. Wiley. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> he joined us for the Mothman, and it was really good time. Really That's funny brand episode. recognition. He's yes. gonna feel like he started a cult. <laughs> <laughs> So, and on that note, we're going to wrap it up. All hell, Sharknado 3's Will Wiley. <laughs> All hell. <laughs> Fuck cancer. <laughs> Fuck cancer. <laughs> Fuck Bye. cancer. Be good to yourselves. <laughs>